Trace the mask template on it. So I'll trace my little face mask. Cut the bottom part. Just cut the bottom part so that way we can flip it up. All right. Uh, there we go. Perfect. Put your hands on the puppet head. Put your hands on the puppet head. Put your hand inside. Put your hand inside. Put your hands on the puppet head. And welcome to Earbuds and Earworms. I'm Amy Action Pack Shepherd, and this is. Mitchell Manley, highly inactive. <laughs> That's a lie. You always, I'm physically inactive, but I'm very mentally active. I was like, you do stuff all the time. I'm pretty Mitchell sure. Manley, mentally active. Okay, there we go. That feels that feels much better. <laughs> so, um, hey, uh, Mitchell, happy 2000th episode of Earbuds and Earworms. Is it the 2000th episode no, already? 200, 200. <laughs> <laughs> it's 200. Sorry, I have no idea what's going on. Wow. How much longer till we get to the 2000th episode? It's going to be a bunch. <laughs> well, especially many for, years. Yeah. Hey, happy 200th. It, 200th episode. Sometimes happy it feels 200th. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it feels like 2000th whenever I'm like really tired, but no. Yeah, I had uh, some grand designs to maybe do something special for the 200th episode, but then we're too lazy and too busy with other things on our mind so we just let it creep up on us and that's quite all right yeah and my schedule got all weirded up this week so i had no idea what day it was for the entire week it was crazy right so um but how did you come up with action packed so i think i had been listening to uh donnie benet who is a australian sort of funk soul musician that i brought a couple weeks ago uh and he has a song called working out and so I think I saw that song and it sort of inspired in me, okay, well, songs that have actions in the title. And then I also thought of even more specifically, I really liked the idea of like imperative actions of like telling someone to do something within the action. So uh, I liked that too. And I couldn't decide if I wanted to go with the more specific version as the theme or just present both of them. And we ended up just going both and, and saying, oh, you get extra points if you give us a, an imperative one. And we got tons of them. So. Yeah. And then I think we got like a triple imperative score or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll get to that one. Yeah. We'll get to that one. What'd you bring this week? I'm going to start us off with Super Heaven and their song Gushing Blood. Super Heaven is another band on the Run For Cover label, who I bring up quite a bit. 
they're broken up now, but they put out two really great records that drew from a lot of grungy, noisy rock. Uh, you can tell that they were definitely the kids that grew up listening to Nirvana, and then they discovered bands like Hum and Failure and Dinosaur Jr., and they distilled all that into this righteous, grungy guitar rock. Uh, this song has some of my favorite guitar tones. It's super heavy and super thick. The guitar solo is just primo as well. Um, according to the singer and guitar player Taylor Madison, uh, he said the song is about his sister who struggles with addiction, and she can't escape like the bad friend groups that are enabling her and like perpetuating her addiction. So this whole song is sort of a fantasy about like murdering all the people who are dragging her back in when she gets clean. And before even reading that, at some point, you know, I had this interpretation myself of like the narrator of the song being the drug or the addiction itself, like preying on people. And so there's this line that says they all tried running away, chase them down through the woods, which obviously plays into like the literal interpretation of like wanting to murder his sister's enablers. But I also thought it was this super poetic perspective to take where the addiction is personified as this evil murderer. And like people try running away, they try getting clean, but the addiction, the murderer like chases you down through the woods to catch back up to you. And like, so there's a few ways to interpret the song, but yeah, no matter how, how you cut it, it's just super heavy, super hypnotic jam. Yeah, like when I first listened to it, I was like, I think this might just be a serial killer song. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, the, it, it's a really classic sound, I guess, as you were saying, like Nirvana and Hum and Failure, which I guess are like late 90s, early 2000s or mid 90s. Mid, mid 90s for Hum and Failure and all that stuff. Yeah. And so it was like it sounded like totally classic, but I mean, it doesn't have a patina due to sound equipment, if that makes sense. <laughs> um I, I think that this would end up on one of those like concerned mother's meme pages on Facebook about music that will make your kids into a serial killer. Pretty sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I really do like the metaphor though. It's, it, it kind of is very elegant and I guess I took it more as like, um, you know, the murder going after the addictions and not necessarily the enablers, but I thought yeah, it was like, that's really, also a good one too. Yeah. And, um, I, I guess it makes sense, though, because, like, in, at one point, I think there's mention of um, you're yelling out their names as I killed them or something like that. Right. So, yeah, yeah I was like, ah, oh, okay. I really, really did like this song. I it's, so, it's such a short, compact song that there's, like, a lot to dissect there. And I almost feel like that was the theme in this week. There's a lot of short, compact songs in, in this episode. Yeah. Um, so, this week, I brought Always... Archie Marry Me.
it's just simple jangly fuzzy pop and there's a love song and it's bright and happy even though like she's legit forcing a dude into something that i'm pretty sure he's not into uh i wouldn't mind her if it doesn't work out between her and archie it's it's just i want to play this endlessly on repeat it's like a ray of sunshine but without like that humidity that you know summer songs tend to have mm-hmm. um it's there's like guitar slidey sounds that are really good and i mean pretty much everything about this song is great so no critiques uh no critiques <laughs> needed <laughs> yeah i would also probably marry molly rankin from always no questions asked so i'm totally with you there um i'm a big fan always and i think that they're kind of one of the biggest forces in like bringing back the late 80s early 90s style of like dream pop kind of like mazzy star or lush uh but it benefits from like a lot of growth and evolution from like the 2000s indie rock scene as well so we get these really bright cheery sound and vocals but the kind of hazy drifty guitars make things feel a little reminiscent a little nostalgic Uh, You know, it almost feels like it's all a dream or a memory. And that's just like a beautiful atmosphere that the song lives in. Uh, And there are a lot of a lot of similar bands kind of bringing back this sound these days. But always is definitely among the first that I remember being really impressed by. So I'm glad that they're uh, gaining some traction a few years down the line. When you first saw their name, did you try to call them Alves? I, I, of course, wanted to do that just to be contrarian, but I figured they were probably going for always. I'm, like, super proud of myself for saying always initially. You're welcome. Or, like, that band that's, there's a band, Churches, that spells it with a V instead of a U. Chiverses. Chiverses. Yeah. I mean, that that's not what it's called, because that's what I thought it was. <laughs> sure. Um, our ear buddies, as you said, totally brought some amazing music this week, and uh, they know how to tell people what to do, and I think it's great. Um, our first ear buddy is Justin W., who brings Fountains of Wayne. Please don't rock me tonight. I didn't mean to make a trendy guy mad, but the feeling I'm immersed in now can only turn a good party bad somehow. Justin says, I've been on a Fountain of Wayne kick this week. Something about the woodblock on the song just rattled me, but in a good way. I um, I then need to add your amazing comment that you had on this, Mitchell, as like part of my commentary, which says, please don't rock me tonight as a negative imperative triple score multiplier, which I thought was an especially great comment. I wish, <laughs> I wish all the YouTube comments were like that. I totally appreciate it. And yes, I do love it. Like, I don't know why I always think Fountains of Wayne is just like some boys, like, you know, band to listen to. Like, I don't know. For some reason, I always stick them in some 41 sound, but they're they're not like that. I know. I have no idea why I do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess Stacy's mom was pretty popular around the same time as some some 41 songs. But yeah, um, 
so yeah, when, when thinking of the theme this week, I love that idea of like describing an action. And then I started thinking of them and realized a lot of the songs had those imperative titles. So I kind of want to put that on the table as an even more specific subset. So I said, you know, for bonus points, uh, you can make, you can submit, uh, an imperative song. And then Justin rolled in here with a negative imperative <laughs> imperative, which is telling you not to do something. And that just introduced like a third tier, which I, I don't believe was reached anywhere else in the thread. So I appreciated that. Um, obviously we all know Fountains of Wayne from Stacy's mom, uh, but any fan of like indie rock and power pop will usually be aware of how important and unique a band they were. Uh, we recently lost their bass player, Adam Schlesinger to COVID. And, uh, yeah, not only was he one of the main songwriters for Fountains of Wayne, but he also co-wrote That Thing You Do from the Tom Hanks movie, That Thing You Do. Uh, he produced a handful of singles for They Might Be Giants. Uh, he was in a super group called Tinted Windows that had uh, James Eha from Smashing Pumpkins, Taylor Hansen from Hansen, and Bunny Carlos, who's the drummer for Cheap Trick. Uh, he also wrote tons of stuff for other bands and TV movies, TV and movies as well. Like he's just a brilliant and prolific songwriter, and and he's only one half of the songwriting team of Fountains of Wayne. So if you've never listened to their records in earnest, you definitely want to give it a serious listen. They're a really great band. I totally didn't put together that Fountains of Wayne and my crazy ex girlfriend had like a common. Mm -hmm. I knew that Adam Schlesinger was like a very important um, part of music. Uh, no idea. Gosh. He did. Uh, he wrote a bunch of the co-wrote a bunch of the songs for uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm -hmm. If you look up his name on on Wikipedia, there's tons of movies he did the music for too. It's it's incredible. I'm officially well. If I wasn't over the pandemic before, I'm super over the pandemic now. Seriously. Yeah. Um. Our next ear buddy is Candy, who brings Lupe Fiasco's kick push my man got a little older became a better roller yeah no helmet hell bent on killing himself is what his mama said but he was feeling himself got a little more swagger in his style met his girlfriend she was clapping in the crowd love is what what was happening to him now uh he said i would marry you but i'm engaged to these aerials and barriers and i don't think this board is strong enough to carry two she said bow i weigh 120 pounds now let me make one thing clear i don't need to Jaws, I got mine right here. So she took him to a spot he didn't know about. Some modern apartment parking lot. She said, I don't normally take dates in here. Security came and said, I'm sorry, there's no skating here. And so they kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. And the way they roll, just lovers intertwine with no place to go. And so they kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. So come escape with me, just a rebel, looking for a place to be, so let's kick. I'm not a skateboarder, but I love the evolution of the song. Skateboarding is about half the wheels I work with normally, but I think its attraction is the same feeling of flying that you get whenever there are any type of wheels beneath your feet, be it bicycle, roller skates, driving a car. It just makes you feel free, and a song about it makes me happy. It turns into this like cute little love story about a girl who's like showing a boy like a sweet eight, a sweet ass like skate spot. It's like, hey, I know a place, and he'd never been <laughs> there, and it's just like awesome. Even though they totally get kicked out, and they just like kick push right on out of there and what was really cool is right whenever I was like making this show sheet um or you know doing my side of it one of my favorite Instagram roller skaters actually put up a song of her skate uh like you know kick pushing on roller skates 
to oh, yeah. to this song and i was just like oh my god so i was like super stoked because i'm a that's dork. awesome <laughs> yeah of course we're both pretty big dorks that should be evident by this point <laughs> yeah um yeah i remember when lupe lupe fiasco hit the scene around like 2006 2007 uh, a lot of my friends were into him but i never really took the time to listen uh, I knew he rapped about skateboarding, which I thought was cool, but that alone didn't really hook me. And I was in like a deep post-rock and shoegaze phase at that time. So I was just kind of too busy looking up boring instrumental bands to take time for uh, hip-hop in those days. Uh, now, though, I kind of regret not getting on board early. His, his style is super smooth. Uh, I love the very breezy flow to this one. It feels kind of like kicking off and coasting down the street, you know, wind blowing through your hair, getting that sense of freedom. Uh, I also love how much symbolism and, and significance he's able to attach to the skateboarding here. Like, talks about getting his first board at six years old and busting his ass, but he just kept going, kept learning, kept getting better and better. And, you know, that's a pretty brilliant lesson to learn so young, that the importance of, like, shaking it off and trying again. Anything worth having is going to take some work. And then when he finally lands his first trick, it's, you know, all the work is worth it. And then uh, he, he talks about, being into skating, helping him form social groups. He meets that girl. And, you know, of course, all that leads into new music and new cultural ideas. And so all from skating, this kid learns these life lessons and gains a social group and starts forming an identity. And it all boils down to the, the idea that you kick and push, meaning like put in the energy and put in the work and know when to leave and to move on to something else. And, you know, when you've done enough kicking and pushing, you get to coast for a little while <laughs> and enjoy the fruits of your labor and that sense of accomplishment. So, yeah, it's just a great track. I'm definitely compelled to dig in deeper to some Lupe fiasco at this point. Yeah, I really, I love, like, all of the symbolism about, like, skating in general, just, like, being on wheels and, like, you know, you have to do a lot of physical work to get going and then you just kind of, like, enjoy it for a little bit before you start pushing harder. I just love mm -hmm. it. It's such a good song. I can't believe this is the first time I heard it. Yeah, it's very great. Um, our next dear buddy is Jenny, who brings Angel Olsen's Shut Up, Kiss Me, Hold Me Tight. I could make it all disappear. You could feed me all of your fears. song um if, if you want me to totally push a song into the top for the picks this week uh make sure that there's roller skating in it and there's a neon hot dog sign in the video uh i just i love the construction of this song it's fuzzy and poppy and just kind of classic i know i've heard of angel olsen but i just haven't listened to her enough yet she's even on like i'm pretty sure we've had her on the show before and i it's just this is this is a really great song and it's just so happy and I, I don't know makes you feel like being out late on a Friday night 
Yeah, it definitely does that. Uh, and I, I I liked her uh, tinsel wig in the video as well. She had a tinsel wig that I thought was pretty gnarly. I'd like to have that. And, and um, she fell a lot on her roller skates, too. Yes, yeah, she did. So you could probably relate to that as well. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the thing about Angel Olsen is she is super eclectic. Uh, this is probably one of the popular, more accessible Angel Olsen tracks I've heard. Uh, the majority of her, of her stuff that I've heard is, is much slower and much more moody and atmospheric, which I love. Uh, but it's always a pleasant surprise to hear her get a little bit peppy every once in a while. Uh, in interviews, she's talked about her foster family who basically took care of her since she was a baby. And they were like apparent, apparently uh, much older than uh, the parents of most of her peers. So like she spent a lot of time obsessing over the 30s and the 50s. And you can kind of tell in this song, especially uh, there's that sort of 50s sock hop structure to the song. But it's kind of drawn out and grunged up a little bit. So what would be a high energy dance song because something a bit more heightened and emotional uh and someone in the comments even suggested like putting the video at uh 1.25 speed to like make it up upbeat and like more punk sounding and it totally works at the faster pace but there's just something extra special and yearning to this like slower more intensive interpretation that draws in the listener and like sets her apart yeah and like i i mean just the guitar tones and everything in it just it's it's like this is a perfect example of an earworm, and I love it so much. Our next ear buddy is Lauren, who brings the Esquire's Listen to Me. absolutely adore that Lauren's submissions this week were listen to me contrasted with shut the fuck up by the coat hangers and tell that girl to shut up by <laughs> Holly and the Italians <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious um this was uh this has the advantage of being one produced by a Bill Shepard whom I know nothing about except that he spells his name the exact same way I spell mine so yay uh, it's harmonious, it's desperately love-filled, and just the kind of aural palate cleanser I needed this week. I just so appreciated this one so much, and whoever Bill Shepard is. He's got a great a great last name, huh? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, having grown up hearing that old 50 soul and R&B is kind of background music, or kind of just what was playing in my grandmother's car when she'd take me to get a haircut or whatever, I kind of started learning pretty early on the sorts of, like, rhythmic tricks and subtleties that made up old R&B. R&B and like made it so groovy uh the drums are super crisp and the bass groove is like cranked up high in the mix and the interplay with the drums hitting those off beats and the up beats just keeps you on your toes uh even in like a slightly slower paced song like this one 
Uh, and of course, the, the horn sections in those bands also play a huge role because horns can coalesce into an ensemble and like provide a thick layer of sound as a foundation to build the rest of the song on. Uh, but horns can also be a bit more dynamic and you know help accent those syncopated beats and like amplify the energy heading into choruses or other like transitional parts of the song. And there's just so much going on in these sorts of songs, like making sure everything has its own little niche and doesn't step on the other elements. And when it's all perfectly coordinated in that way, it's just a perfect form of music because you can listen to it sort of mindlessly and just dance and feel good. But if you actually sit down and throw it on a good stereo, the production can be mind blowing. So, you know, next time you hear a funky soul jam like this one, you should probably pay a little extra attention to some of those tricks. And like you can kind of deconstruct what's so catchy and gripping about a lot of those great funk and R&B tracks. Uh, was this one available in the quadraphonic? Maybe, probably. I, I've always like I've known about quadraphonic um, records, and I've always been curious about what they actually sound like because, of course, I don't have a quadraphonic uh, record player. But I always feel like that would be like an intense, amazing experience. Yeah, certainly so. Yeah, is there a modern version of that? Um, I guess surround sound five point one surround sound. Uh, I know, but the record player seems way cooler. Yeah. Um, Charlie brings Chavez's Break Up Your Band. You set the traps and when you're weak, they finally paid you. tell if this is pro or anti-drummer it's (laughs) it's definitely pro pursuing dreams i think in like a snarky way and it's like telling you to quit even though you shouldn't i don't know (laughs) i i'm not quite sure but i do like the production how the lyrics are separated from that fuzzy guitar uh i know we've discussed how they do that but it's like really like they're walled off uh you know walled off between each other Mm -hmm. and it's just something like to contemplate while leaning back and drinking a soda Definitely. This like it it's a it's a really thinking song, if that makes sense. Yeah, like a, a contemplative song. Is that yeah, like that's contemplating what that, things? Yeah, that's it. Is that a good word? Okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> Yeah, so I'd I'd actually never heard this band before, but I saw it was uh, fronted by Matt Sweeney, who we've talked about a couple of times before. So I was super excited to like dig in further once I once I actually heard this track. Uh, Matt Sweeney's a really prolific guitar player. Uh, he's had moderate success in his own bands. Uh, he's toured playing bass with Guided by Voices, but he's especially active as a studio and touring musician. Uh, does most of his work these days collaborating with other folks. Uh, and I'm glad to have 
encountered this in the context of our group because I have to admit that from the album art alone, I probably would not have seen this album and been like, oh, that looks like something that'll appeal to me. Uh, it's like black and white photo of some dudes like standing on rock formations and the band name is written in this font that kind of looks like a marquee of lights or whatever. It just kind of looks like a pop record, like Justin Timberlake <laughs> or a Maroon 5 album or something. Uh, but this definitely predates that aesthetic being used in pop music and, and the music, of course, is anything but poppy. Um, so, yeah, this song came out in 1995. So Chavez were uh, contemporaries of bands like Hum and Failure as well. Uh, but they were drawn a little more from like the punk and noise rock scene as well. So you could definitely hear hints of bands like Rites of Spring and Drive Like Jehu, uh, that sort of mathy, heavy, post-punk that's really raw and emotive. So Chavez is definitely my kind of band. And now that I know that it's a Matt Sweeney project, definitely going to be consuming the hell out of those records. How do you find all the time to learn everything, Mitchell? I mean, Wikipedia is a huge help. And then just having that sort of encyclopedic based knowledge, you know, uh, previously on, on earbuds and earworms, we had, uh, Bonnie Prince, Billy, he did a record with Matt Sweeney. He did a collaboration record. So I believe it was on our collaborations episode that we had Bonnie yeah. Prince, Billy featuring Matt Sweeney. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I've been listening to that record since I was, you know, 17 or something. You're cooler than all of us. That's why I know. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> our last ear buddy is Debbie who brings Black tambourines throw Aggie off the bridge. trying to recreate the waves of sound that they are tossing Aggie into they did a great job and like this is so every girl who falls in love with like a famous like musician like so much it's like we're we're meant to be together you just need to notice me <laughs> among the other seven billion people on the planet and you you need, need to toss your girlfriend like she's really wrecking my plans of uh being with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of Black Tambourine. I know it's like a really specific niche that's not for everyone, but like grimy noise pop like this is just one of my favorite styles of music to listen to. Uh, in punk and indie communities, there's a sort of visceral disdain for anything that be, could be construed as pop or like trying to appeal to something catchy or dancey because that scene is something kind of base and uninspired to a lot of folks. And, and, you know, they think that you should be making 
challenging and transgressive music and that if your band has melodic vocals or pretty parts then it's not artistic and noise pop bands just turn that idea on its head and you know they present us with music that's a little grimy and a little scuzzy but beyond that it's really catchy and still latches onto that part of your brain that responds to poppy hooks so even if you're trying to be a contrarian and like pretend that you don't like poppy music songs like this still manage to catch you in their grip and be like okay now this one this this is one of the good ones (laughs) well Okay, so I was like, I know that pop punk is something that people hate too. Like, this is different noise punk and stuff. Uh, noise pop, what? Yeah, noise, noise pop, pop. Yeah. Whatever, it's all. So I was um, listening to one of my favorite podcasts this week, and they were like making fun of Green Day mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, those transgress- those transgressive like Green Day boys. And they are pop punk, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I was like, I, I think I kind of got that feel like I was like, you know, just because it's like super listenable doesn't mean it's not punk, you know? So maybe I'm just, you, I, I think you're rubbing off on me a little bit. Good. That's all I'm saying. We can all stand to be a little bit more like Mitchell in my opinion, you know? Yeah, that's why I got my nose pierced. That's why. <laughs> totally. It does look awesome on you, by the way. It legitimately does. I was, I was very, uh, very excited to see that you'd gotten your, your septum pierced recently. I was super excited to do it. I finally had a chance. And I was like, ah, I'm going to do it. They they're only live for today, right? Exactly. So, yeah. And I did have to drive, like, quite a while to get it because I didn't want to get pierced in Memphis. You know, hotbed of COVID. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, our, uh, our Twitters are... I'm at Pow I Gotcha. I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at END Pod. The Facebook group is Earbuds and Earworms Podcast Group, where Mitchell sprinkles the comment section with such... Such a like gems as triple imperative multiplier. Modifier, yeah, multiplier, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, voicemail line is 731 400 BUDS or 731 400 2837. You can always email the show, andypod at gmail.com. And you can check out our contrasting color website with orange and blue, andypod.com, part of the 10710 network. What's our final song this week? So I'm going to leave us with Ringo Death Star and their song, Do It Every Time. Uh, We've had a couple shoegazy, dream poppy songs this week, but I just couldn't help but close us out on one more. Uh, Ringo Death Star is definitely at the top of the heap as far as newer bands dabbling in the sounds of 90s alt rock. They combine a lot of influences. You can hear hints of of bands like My Bloody Valentine, Smashing Pumpkins, Husker Du, any of those kind of genre-bending alt rock bands that were pushing the envelope in the early 90s. And now Ringo Death Star has kind of picked up where those bands left off and are kind of helping to push it even further and, and combining, you know, with those millennial sensibilities, yet still remaining true to a lot of those classic sounds and approaches. Uh, this song's fairly simple, fairly short, uh, but it's upbeat and catchy, has a really thick, hazy production. It's one of my favorite things about Ringo Death Star is that their guitar solos are very uh, often very simplistic and focus on almost hummable kind of melodic motifs instead of just trying to shred or sound chaotic. Uh, although, you know, their guitar player occasionally delves into those sorts of things and does that really well. But I really appreciate the simplistic, like, melodic approach to his guitar solos. And this song has one of my favorites. So uh, thanks to everyone for submitting and listening this week. And we hope you'll enjoy Ringo Death Star and their song, Do It Every Time.
And Justin says, I've been on a Fountains of Wayne kick this week. Uh, or, <sighs> I've been on a Fountain of Fountains. I can't speak, Mitchell. <laughs> um, 